Hello, and welcome to People Speaking Rail. We are those people. I am Mike Bowden-Dissel, head of Intermodal Solutions here at FreightWave, and I'm joined, as always, by Joanna Marsh, my colleague who writes the editorial uh, column at uh, FreightWaves.com. Uh, Joanna, you've been busy with all the CP and uh, KCS uh, merger news. I know. it's It's been pretty crazy with the rail industry lately. Uh, yeah, you got the merger, got rail safety, you have East Palestine, all sorts of things. <laughs> Yeah, it almost seemed like uh, SDB did um, Norfolk Southern a solid by highlighting all of the benefits of, of rail safety in their write-up of the the CPKCS um, you know, merger. But that's that's something that we can can get into. Um, so we just put out this article on uh, regulators. Okay, Canadian Pacific, Kansas City Southern merger. I think most people have seen that news already. And um, you know what was interesting was that. It wasn't a unanimous decision where Robert Primus, you know, one of the members of the board, um, I believe he's uh, one of the democratically appointed um, uh, members, you know, he uh, you know, dissented and, uh, you know, Robert Primus uh, cited, uh, you know, concern about uh, you know, competition and, uh, you know, thought that the pre-2001 rules should have been used in, instead of, or the, the newer rules should have been used instead of the, instead of the older rules. Yeah, this is the article on the site, you go into some detail about that. But, you know, he, he brings up that uh, consolidation has, sh- has, has shown this has been bad for shippers. You know, the absence uh, of a sort of service assurance plan, um, you know, was a concern. And then, you know, talked about maybe potentially harming you know, communities along the path. Um, you know, that was that was interesting because, you know, the other you know board members, I guess, approved the, the, the deal. And then there were so many sort of mitigation measures in place, including this um, lengthy, um, you know, sort of oversight period of of, of seven uh, years. So, 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 what did you gather, um, you know, from all that? And did you agree with the decision to approve, or were you more on the side of, of Robert Primus who voted against it? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it, it's interesting because, well, it, it's interesting in the first place, actually, that that STB allowed the the merger to be considered under the, the pre-2001 rules, which in general are, are less stringent. And I guess, you know, the argument was that um, Kansas City Southern um, is the smallest class one railroad. Um, uh, and uh, because of its size, even if it is merging with, with Canadian Pacific, um, both rail, both railroads are the, the two smallest of the class ones. And so even combined, they will still make the smallest class one railroad um, out of, I guess, the now six. And so, um, but I, I think, I mean, so which makes sense, you know, that they they approved looking at the merger under that condition. Although at the same time, it is interesting because, you know, you have all these other dynamics in play. I mean, obviously the most um, recent issue being rail service, uh, you know, over the past year, even though KCS and CP uh, didn't bear the brunt of STB's, um, I want to say ire, but, you know, sort of uh, scrutiny, uh, you know, the overall, you know, the, the freight rail industry is um, has been on the defensive in terms of rail service. Although, although I, again, actually, Oberman did point out, uh, SDB Chairman Martin, o- Marty Oberman did point out that um, CP and KCS uh, uh, haven't had the, the rail service issues that um, that the other big four Class One railroads have had: um, CSX, Union Pacific, BNSF, and Norfolk Southern. So. Yeah, so it, so it is interesting to, to review. 
I mean, to, to have had go through this merger process, like given like the real service issues, given, well, you know, given the, the recent safety issues, I mean, uh, STB can only do so much in terms of, of, of looking at, at, at rail safety since it's under the purview of the federal administration primarily. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the other interesting point I thought was how, um, uh, you know, Oberman said, you know, kind of pointed out the difference in, in, in the way that the Surface Transportation Board looks at mergers and acquisitions versus, versus um, the uh, Department of Justice and and how um, and how Congress mandates them to to, to grow to, to to look at these mergers with the intent of like do they improve sort of uh, uh, transportation in in general um, you know so uh, as opposed to um, you know is the merger for the common good versus you know is it does it benefit you know the companies or something so. Yeah, it's just uh, I, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it is it kind of. It did seem like um, that with that comment, you know, Marty Oberman was trying to preempt what a lot of senators are likely to say. I mean, you did have uh, Bernie Sanders come out and you know against the merger. You've had um, you know, it's the lady from Boston. I can't remember her name. Um, Elizabeth uh, Warren. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren, um, you know, basically makes the argument that anytime big companies come together, that reduces competition. And, you know, I don't think that's true in this case because you have non-overlapping geographies. And the point the STB makes is that if you combine the two smallest railroads, you actually enhance competition because now that uh, larger railroad, which is still the smallest, is a better competitor against other the other um, class one railroads, and, and I didn't see as much focus in there um, as I would have expected on the you know extent of the of the reach of of the railroad network, which which I think go, I think goes into that a concept that this um, you know larger railroad now competes better against the others. I mean, you, you think about things like you know now it's going to be easier to move you know U.S. grain. Um, you know, export through the port of Vancouver. It's going to be easier to move um, a Canadian grain all the way down to Mexico. So that makes it, um, you know, Canadian grain more competitive with U.S. grain for for consumption in Mexico. Um, it's going to make it easier to move auto parts uh, from, let's say, Detroit area to the assembly plants in Mexico. So I, I think it extends a lot of this reach, uh, which sort of goes into the other thing that um, the STB considers. So they basically consider two things. They say, well, it does this enhance or detract from, from competition. And I think most of them said it, it enhances it. And then the other uh, part of this goes into, uh, you know, is this in the public interest? And, you know, that, that's the point that STB really wanted to drill home to, to get a, a ahead of maybe a political firestorm is, is to say that this isn't just like, you know, certain uh, other industries, you know, Emerging, we have to look at um, the traveling public, and it is in the traveling public's interest to have fewer trucks on the road, particularly fewer trucks, you know, hauling hazardous materials, and instead have that volume on the railroad. And then they called out what they thought would be a shift of sixty-four thousand truckloads annually in North America, which. Um, you know, I haven't looked at all the detail on exactly how they get to that number, but it does sort of make make sense if 
you can run, um, you know, inter intermodal, let's say in, in a one um, uh, network from Chicago to Dallas, uh, for instance. Um, so, so, and then just, you know, all, all the other you know, types of business too. I mean, I think, I think that's in the public interest. So I think those were really the sort of the two, you know, biggest things that um, caused uh, the, the merger to be approved. Um, but then there were all these, you know, mitigation measures and you were expecting some mitigation measures and we can go through those uh, might be helpful for, for folks who haven't read all the detail, but um, you know, what did you make of the, 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 the conditions or mitigation measures associated with the deal? And did those go above and beyond um, sort of your expectations? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, part of it, again, kind of goes back to, to the rail service issue because, you know, it's, it's, um, the mitigation measures include kind of having a, uh, having a good look at the Chicago area and the Houston area, um, in terms of, you know, ensuring that the network, um, is fluid in, in both regions and, and, uh, because those two regions, you know, have, have been, um, trouble spots. And, and even though I, I believe in, in Houston, you know, KCS isn't, you know, it, it's really more of the BN, BN and UP's traffic, but like, you know, but, but still anyway, that, that coordination, I think, um, especially since real service issues were, were such a big deal last year, not to say they haven't gone away, but like, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, because they have been a big deal, I, I think it, it was one of the factors in contributing to to that that heightened focus um, in Chicago, which has which has always you know historically had um, sort of that that congestion issue, and then Houston, and then of course you also have that that piece with the um, even though it's not necessarily directly related to freight rail, um, the piece about you know the the the, the Chicago suburbs um, uh, wanting to ensure that you know that there isn't. A lot of disruptions to local traffic occurring because of the additional um, freight trains that'll be running uh, alongside um, the metro commuter rail, and so um, so there are um, there's just a lot of data points that um, SCB is going to be requiring, um, you know, pertaining to Chicago and Houston in terms of uh, ensuring that things run smoothly um, at both places, and I think some other places as well as detailed in the over 200 page uh, decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's for starters. Uh, yeah, which yeah. two two hundred pages. It's actually less than some other government documents that we look at for the for the railroad industry. Yeah. So maybe they're <laughs> getting a little bit more concise with, with their yeah. with their rulings. Um, but yeah, all that stuff is interesting. I mean, Chicago is typically the most congested part of the North American railroad network, so it might be a little bit hard to decipher, you know, if the congestion in Chicago is due to this due to this merger because it you know doesn't usually run all that fluidly um, particularly if there's a lot of traffic or a snowstorm or just some lack of coordination i mean there was there's been a tremendous amount of congestion there even the last you know a couple years on the intermodal side for not having enough equipment um, and not having enough space at a lot of those terminals so um, it's it's a little bit hard to separate well what's due to the merger what's not due to the merger you know, in Houston, and then well, yeah, and then Chicago, you have the, you know, the the metro trains, the commuter trains, and then you have all those communities that have always been ones that have complained about uh, railroads. I mean, they, you know, Barrington, Illinois, gave a tremendous amount of pushback when CN acquired the EJ and E 
railroad because they were going to run more trains on a track that was already was already there. Uh, so, so that's not wasn't really a, a a surprise that they got you know pushed back there. You know, Houston. You know, to me, that seems like that might be a bigger have a bigger impact because um, you know they, they they've said that they're going to run more trains through Houston. So you're just going to have more more volume um, you know coming through there. Um, but it does seem like um, you know they 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 provided an avenue for shippers to complain to sort of directly to service transportation board that circumvents the typical cumbersome process of bringing a rate case, which, you know, very few rate cases actually get brought just because the process is so time consuming, so expensive, so cumbersome that it's, it's just not worth it. But um, they sort of created that, um, they sort of you know, made it an expedited way to, to do that. And it's kind of this sort of, I guess they're saying a seven year um, uh, oversight period. What's typical is, is more like five years and um, they're going to have to provide all this data, which um, you know, I, I think is uh, you know something that uh, could have a uh, you know, regulators might do you know one thing or another um, if uh, they see they, they see an issue there. Um, but uh, you know, the the other thing that, that's that's interesting is all this all this concept of the of the gateways, which uh, you know a big part of the the hearings where the railroads voiced their um, you know concern, the other class one railroads voiced their concerns, was related to the fact that um, Kansas City Southern controls the gateway right near Laredo, which is the biggest, um, you know, crossing, you know, by far between the U.S. and, and, and Mexico. And the concern was that if the, you know, traffic didn't, let's say U.S. traffic is going to Mexico, if it didn't originate on a CP line, let's say near Chicago, it originated on, you know, UP or BN, that they would charge an exorbitant amount for that section of the network right near Laredo. And, and that would be an anti-competitive, measure, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to get away with doing that. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it is kind of interesting. Some of the, 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 the tools that they've implemented, I think, you know, in terms of like, uh, what was it? There, there was the one with, uh, I stopped, I just stopped on sort of all the details sink in, but it was, it was, um, the one, uh, where, you you mentioned that the expedited hearing and uh, for for shippers in terms of you know if they see uh, a rail rate increasing um, beyond the inflation rate to you know that that's some you know that that uh, in terms of where the in terms of gateways uh, that's uh, you know, it, it, it was interesting to see I I was talking to a, a, you know just just trying to to get some reactions from. Um, from from folks uh uh about the merger well i mean about the decision and um and it's interesting because it's been pointed out several times including by by chairman overman that um you know the shippers from from those i've I've talked to so far um they've been i don't want to say they've been silent but they they just haven't really had an opinion one way or the other in terms of not just the merger, but but also the decision itself. You know, obviously they're still processing everything that's in the decision, but um, but because you have those those differing points of view with, with some shippers um, uh, supporting the merger and some those those not. Um, but uh, but then of course you have the a lot of the pushback came from the railroads, which. Uh, which um, Oberman sort of remarked as well. And, and sort of Oberman's question, which I think he also raised on Wednesday, I was like, well, you know, uh, 
you know, are, are the class, the other class one railroads you know, as dedicated to um, keeping their gateways open <laughs> as well? I mean, is it, you yeah. know, is it, do we have like a two way street here or is it just kind of, you know, uh, trying to, the, the thing I haven't, I didn't mention the article, but I, might write up in, in, in my follow-up is that, um, you know, the, the other proposals by the railroads um, in terms of, you know, CN uh, asking for uh, that, that portion of um, KCS's track, um, and then also um, Norfolk Southern asking uh, sort of for, for, for more uh, revision of, of the agreement between itself and KCS regarding the Meridian Speedway. Um, it's interesting how the STB pretty much said, no, we're, we're, we're not going to pursue those. <laughs> so that was just kind of, it was like two or three paragraphs or maybe even just one paragraph. And then, you know, it just went on to talk about the merger. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that the CN was going to be able to get that piece of the, the track divested. That, that just seemed a little aggressive uh, to me. Um, Seems like most others agreed. So you, you mentioned this, the shippers; most of them haven't come out and, and said what they thought of the opinion yet. Still digesting it. Lots to go. Lots to unpack there. Um, you know, wh which of the shippers originally supported the deal, and which didn't support it? Um, can you go back and, and talk about that? Yeah, you know, I, I I feel like there there wasn't really any, and I, I you know, and, and don't quote me on this, but I I, I feel like there there wasn't any one particular group or, or industry that was, you know, wholeheartedly, you know, we, we put our um, stamp of approval on this. I mean, mind you, of course, there were all those flurry of, you know, support or, or not supported, you know, not in support letters um, submitted to the STB, you know, a year or two ago. So I, I don't quite remember, you know, back then, but um, I, I want to say that it was kind of individual companies that that lent their support or or argued why uh, the merger shouldn't go through. It was also confusing as well because there was a time, you know, of course, when CN was pursuing KCS as well, and so you would have you know these competing <laughs> these competing releases like, well, these people support us, and then CN would say, well, these people support us, and then you know just kind of go back and forth, and uh, and so it just kind of is <laughs> a blur in my mind. But um, but I. I feel like it was individual companies that were kind of looking at, um, you know, supporting or not supporting the merger. And especially if those individual companies, um, you know, had a presence um, in Canada or Mexico uh, in the U.S. or just, you know, had had a reason to have that more cross-border activity than, you know, than maybe um, another company. But, you know, the, another thing that I thought was interesting about, you know, this whole merger was um, just how, you know, three members of the Fair of the, um, of the Maritime Commission, um, FMC, you know, kind of voiced their concerns about how uh, U.S. ports might be affected uh, by the merger. And, um, and, you know, Oberman uh, kind of, uh, uh, address that as well uh, on Wednesday, saying that, um, you know, s he said that, you know, CP has been entrepreneurial in the, in the way that it's, um, you know, pursued its, its business opportunities in terms of, um, you know, acquiring a short line in the Northeast, 
in order to you know gain access to um, to Atlantic uh, Canadian Atlantic ports, and then also you know it's arrangements with. Um, with, you know, at Vancouver with with automakers, and so and so he was just sort of pointing his finger at the at the U.S. based class ones and sort of like, oh, you, what what have you guys been doing lately? I know it's like BNSF has had that um, that that terminal um, that it's uh, seeking to uh, you know construct, and then you have the Port of Savannah um, having those pop up. Uh, facilities, you know, during the pandemic, you know, but but what else is there, you know, what? So he was kind of, in a way, sort of directing the, uh, the the class ones to step up in the plate in terms of, you know, uh, strengthening, I guess, U.S. port interests. So, yeah, all those things are really, um, really interesting, and it's it's interesting how he draws the comparison to other railroads. I mean, the only the only one I remember of the the shippers really coming out against this was the U.S. grain shippers that said, well, you know, if this is going to make it easier to market Canadian grain in Mexico, because a lot of U.S. grain goes down to Mexico for Mexican consumption, because U.S. growing conditions are better than than, than Mexico. Um, but I wonder if that argument, which is really counterproductive, because it almost makes the argument that you should approve the merger if it makes it, if it enhances the competition to move grain to a particular place um you know the stb is not you know in the in the business of protecting um you know u.s grain growers interests they're in, interested in making sure that there's enough competition on the railroad so to, to, to me um you know that was kind of a, a bad argument I, I will say one of the, the the main takeaways i for me is this really does feel like it's the last class one merger i mean just just based on how the how it was evaluated and this one might not have been evaluated if it was, it was if it was valued based on the new rules and you still had a, a board member that um you know voted against approval and it just it seems unlikely that you could have another class one merger and i even wonder if it was cn acquiring kansas city southern which it appeared that that it, it could have been if if that one would have been approved because you do have that overlapping part of the network uh, that goes north south. You know what used to be the Illinois Central. You know that basically goes along the Mississippi River. Which you know, in in theory, that could have eliminated a competitor there. But um, do, do you get the same? Do you get the same sense that this is the last class one merger? Yeah, I think I I think so. I mean, at least if anything, for a very long time. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I think it's at least for now. Well, one, you know. Um, you know, for for the reasons that that you brought up, but but I think it's just right now it's just, it's just the not really a, a good environment for for any class one mergers in terms of just um, sort of I don't say public approval, but just it, it feels like that the sentiment now um, is isn't for <laughs> isn't for any more um, mergers and acquisitions. I mean, the class ones. I mean, the short lines is a different story, but um, it's it's always been a different story for them. So. But yeah, I mean, definitely for for now, I don't I don't see any um, any other mergers happening between the class one railroads. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, just have a couple of minutes left. I want to bring up a sonar chart uh, between uh, Chicago and Dallas on, on domestic intermodal, which I think is an interesting one. So these are charts uh, for um, domestic intermodal loaded containers. So fifty three foot loaded containers. On the left is the southbound Chicago to Dallas, which has grown nicely since 2019 
uh, from about, let's call it 300 containers a day. Now it's 379, but it was as high as 425. I think inter- intermodal in general has been weak. It's down close to the double digits um, you know, year to date. Uh, and then here on the right side, you have that northbound, which has been sort of flatter. It's gone from, uh, it's, it's, it's not as dense, gone from about 210 containers a day to about 232, reached a high of about 275. And, you know, this is going to be, I think, a corridor to watch uh, with this merger um, corridor. I think we're going to watch in Sonar to see, you know, are they able to take, you know, trucks off the road um, by not having them to, to, to have to interchange in Kansas City, you know, you have one, you know, both under one corporate umbrella, you know, they have the control to uh, invest, you know, in concert, you know, both in the southern part of the network and the northern part of the network. So this is this is one area that I, you know, wouldn't surprise me if, if this were to, to, to see growth. I think right now, the truck markets are probably too loose to, um, you know, see a lot of uh, intermodal, you know, domestic intermodal growth in, in some of these uh, corridors that are competitive by, uh, you know, across modes, that's uh, typically a two-day uh, move on the highway, although there are truckers that do it in one day and do not uh, follow the truckload rules. Once took a, an Uber from DFW to my house, and in that time, the driver who also drives trucks explained to me exactly how to cheat on the electronic logging device and explained it um, very clearly, even though I think he had a Russian uh, you know, accent. So not all truckers follow the rules, but that's one area that we hope uh, sees uh, intermodal uh, volume growth. Um, so with that as our last uh, segment today, um, how can folks uh, reach out to, to you, Joanna, to make sure they get your, your newsletter and all the real uh, information? Yeah, sure. So, um, like at the end of my articles, there's a there's a link that says uh, you know click on the newsletters, um, and you can subscribe to all the newsletters that that uh, Freight Waves um, uh, produces. And uh, my email is uh, jmarsh m a r s h at freightwaves.com. If uh, anyone has any tips or or uh, grievances, <laughs> happy to get them all. Okay, great. If anyone needs me, I can be found at mbowdendistal at freightwaves.com. And hopefully everyone has a good day.